0: It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome, everybody, to Rapid Fire, a 2A Talk radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics. And make sure you tune in every week. You can go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire to join the conversation. We will take your questions a little bit later in the show, and I will answer them uh, as we go along on the show here. Remember to like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks. And so you can go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever your uh, big tech proclivity is, you can go and find us there at Cape Gunworks. And uh, we would love to uh, have you join us and be a part of the show. Get signed up, share, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we will defeat the evil algorithms that try to keep us down. They tamp us underfoot and try to shadow ban us and all that good stuff. So we want to see it perpetuated. And uh, as of right now, just about every day we're getting some wacky posts on um, or wacky stuff. Um, what What is that? Is that Instagram? Oh, yeah. So see, there it is. Instagram has blocked us from going live. So they are, you know, we've rev- asked for a review of about... 20 posts that they've pulled down and they're threatening basically to remove our whole show. So it's about time we get started with a uh, alternate page. Um, Maybe we'll do the rapid fire radio page soon uh, that will get us live and up and running on that. But it's it's just crazy. It's amazing that, um, you know, you post a picture of a gun and say, hey, come on down to Cape Gunworks. And they say we violated their Terms of Use Agreement, which it their Terms of Use explicitly says person-to-person or private transfer. And we're not doing that. We're a licensed gun shop. What we do is what we do. Uh, we sell guns. We sell ammo. We outfit people. We train them. And we educate them on the safe and responsible use of firearms. And I don't think you would want it any other way. But apparently... People don't like guns, and so therefore, yeah, I digress. Anyway, tons to talk about this week. I mean, I don't even know where to start. It's like it's like gun news bingo here because uh, I could go in about 100 different directions. Um, the biggest news I would say coming out this week is the news that Remington has settled with... Uh, the victims of the Sandy Hook massacre. And depending on whose like feedback or intel you go by, it's a bad legal precedent. And other people say it isn't a legal precedent because they settled. It wasn't like a court ordered them uh, or a judgment against them by a court. So in either case, I think it was a bad idea. However, I understand there might have been a business reason for doing it. Uh, they might have had money left in the bankruptcy bucket from, uh, you know, before the the keys were handed over to the new operating company of Remington Arms. I honestly don't know the inner workings of it. I have a feeling there was something to that effect. I'm almost positive insurance companies were involved. When insurance companies get involved and they realize they're going to be paying. You know, eight hundred dollar an hour lawyers and up, probably, and not just one lawyer, but probably a team of lawyers to sit there and analyze and depose and write complaints and write counter arguments and you know, kind of whiteboard and tabletop exercise every possible scenario. In the 4D chess game of a long protracted trial, they probably were like, settle for 73 million. It'll save us money in the long run. And, you know, that's that's what I guess is what happened. It was a business decision by an insurance company that represents the manufacturer or the old manufacturer. So it can't even be tied into the new uh, entity. But I don't know. So um, that's, you know, remains to be seen. Um, But either way, I think it sends a bad message, which is hey, we make a product that if it's used illegally and wrongfully, we will pay you if, you know, things don't go as planned. Um, That's a horrible, horrible precedent to set you just painted a target on your back and say hey we want to make sure that um, you know that we're a big bucket of cash here so if someone does something stupid with one of our products you got a case to come after us why would you ever do that I don't understand maybe we'll get uh, Keith Langer to opine about that a little bit so um, that's just one of my initial thoughts of the Uh, big payday that uh, the Sandy Hook victims got. And, you know, I think that they fired their shot at the wrong person, although it worked out for them. Um, I would be really, whoa, microphone malfunction, excuse me. (laughs) Uh, I would be really, I'm laughing because all I can think of is that uh, old Domino's ad when the the guy's trying to like order a pizza and he gets so excited he like drops the phone or whatever, and it's like, "Whoa, oh, I'm back, I'm sorry about that. But <laughs> that's what it sounds like when I knock my microphone over. But anyway, um, the bottom line is, I think that you know you, you're you're opening the door to potential but uh, potential future lawsuits. But I think that the victims actually had a case. Against, um, and I know this is going to sound very callous, but against the government for enacting stupid legislation like uh, gun-free zones or, um, you know, not hardening the target after decades of school shootings um, and then refusing to do anything about it. And having something as simple as locks on the classroom doors, or um, you know, some sort of uh, deterrent at the front door, like a ballistic glass or a buzz-in system that they have to be buzzed into. But let's you know, make it so it's harder for psychopaths to come in and shoot children. That's kind of common sense. At this point, we don't understand why it happens. We do understand that. Evil exists in this world and the sooner we can wrap our brains around that we can start to uh, have contingencies in place to put down the bad guy with the gun as quickly as humanly possible instead of hope and pray there at least and I got to hand it to the federal government for this that they rolled out the run hide fight uh, curriculum which I'm very impressed That it's okay to fight back, you know, after decades of zero tolerance policies, um, the the run-hide fight was a very good curriculum that came out. So, I think the the ire of the victims was misdirected. Yeah, it's easy to blame the object used by an evil person, Um, but, you know, it's a tragic situation either way. So, we'll talk about that on the way back. We're headed out for a break, and you should head over to CapeGunworks.com and check out something new. We have a special discount code for our radio listeners, CGWMA, on checkout. And you're going to get a special discount if you check out with that code, CGWMA. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary.
1: If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC3 delivers, with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets out to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mph winds. The ARBDC 3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 556 loads out of an AR 15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC 3.
0: Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gumworks, excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, Take a class and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and we are glad you're here. So, before the break, we were talking about the uh, settlement with Remington and how we find that uh, a horrible precedent, quote unquote, whether it's legal or just bad business or um, you know whatnot. Um, but it's certainly conditioning the public that there's a lot of money to be had out there
2: <laughs>
0: on a more serious note, I think that it is an utter tragedy that um to this day when i when that happened, I had young children in young school age children um I could not watch the news reports i couldn't read an article and to this day I really haven't taken a deep dive into uh, what happened at Sandy Hook um, I read about the peripherals about the person who did it and how he murdered his own mother to get the um to get access to the guns etc cetera, etc cetera. and you know I just man it was really really tough for me to look at and read about uh because of the humanity aspect of that. Um, I was a little too close to home as far as, um, you know, my children and the age of, you know, them at the time. I was able to do deep dives into other stuff and other mass shootings, the, you know, Las Vegas shooting, the uh, one in New Zealand and, and whatnot, and see even the graphic carnage of that and as horrible as it was. But when it came to children, it just was something that um, really drove home the point that how evil can really uh, corrupt people's hearts. And the harshest words Jesus ever spoke were towards people who harm children. In fact, he said, if you offend one of these little ones it is better that a millstone be cast around your neck and you be or tied around your neck and you be cast into the sea or it'd be better that you were never born than to harm one of these little ones and you know you think about it and i i think about it a, a lot especially in in the cases like this human trafficking that you see and that was one thing i think that Trump did better than any other president was he really uh, honed his laser focus on these human trafficking and child trafficking rings and brought thousands of people to justice and created a whole department of law enforcement to go after him. But getting back to the point at hand, which is the uh, you know Sandy Hook massacre, really, and what ended up happening... Um, as a result of that is one reason we are even ex- in existence as Cape Gunworks was I noticed after, um, after the, the massacre itself, there was a huge buying frenzy. There was the whole, um, uh, Toomey mansion bill, uh, that was being hammered out by gun control advocates and the NRA. And I think, uh, 2AO or a couple other groups for expanded background checks and whatnot. Um, Then there was like, you know, a plethora of gun control legislation being uh, proposed. And so I just was like, holy smokes. I see the writing on the wall that they're going to come hard and fast after guns. And that was what kind of precipitated uh, Brendan and I getting together and forming Uh, Cape Gunworks was um, it was a now or never thing we were like we got to get in and do it now or we might never have the chance and I know a lot of people in the last couple of years have been buying guns with that same thing in mind now I don't think there's this immediate dire threat to the second amendment like tomorrow you won't be able to buy anything but the erosion of our rights could potentially continue especially when you look at the You know, every day now in the news, there's some new, uh, you know, depending on where you are, some new uh, announcement, whether it's the ATF, you know, saying, hey, snitch on your ex and make it a Valentine's Day to remember. I don't know if anyone saw that, Um, but there was there's also like the magazine ban in Washington State. Um, That's a, uh, you know, a big step in the wrong direction, if you ask me. Um, The There's good stuff happening too, like Alabama and Utah and Florida and Texas all looking at doing uh, constitutional carry and becoming constitutional carry states. So that's huge. Um, But along the lines of that right now, there's a lot of people um, out there to try to push the gun control agenda. New York. Is pushing to have a mental health exam before being able to purchase a gun. This is breaking news, um, and you know it's just unbelievable uh, how it, you know it is really. Um, there's an avalanche of it. Uh, Virginia uh, just passed a red flag repeal, which is huge. Um, but you know, let's let's put it this way: you're not going to turn on the news or turn on the radio and not hear something about. Further gun control, uh, whether it's ghost guns or arm braces or expanded background check. Uh, Today in Utah, there's an expanded background check bill being heard. Um, So it's just nonstop. There's there's an absolute avalanche. They're just throwing spaghetti against the wall and hoping it sticks. They're just throwing it nonstop Um, and, you know. Colorado house passed a specific open carry ban law, which is, uh, you know, troubling as well. Not to mention Colorado a couple weeks ago banned home built firearms or unserialized firearms in there within city limits. Just unbelievable how and there's a real line in the sand, a big polarization being drawn right now between uh, the gun friendly states and the. Uh, gun unfriendly states. So you look at, um, there's a lot of states like uh, Alabama and, like I mentioned, Texas, Florida that are looking to go constitutional carry. They're looking to uh, restore rights that have been taken away. But there are also other states that are looking to erode, um, you know, your rights California is another one. (laughs) They are in full competition with Massachusetts as to who is the most gun-friendly, least gun-friendly state in the union. Uh, But they just took a page out of Maura Healy's book. And their AG is now, um, he issued a cease and desist letter to a Southern California gun manufacturer called Juggernaut Tactical. So they are basically saying, hey, this featureless gun you're making to comply with California law is you basically rewriting California law to get around it. It's a loophole. And, you know, you're trying to violate our assault weapons ban. And they're like, no, actually, we're just playing within the law. And so they're um, they basically sent a uh, cease and desist later letter on Friday to Juggernaut Tactical. Uh, regarding its featureless series rifles, and um, it's just unbelievable. It's the pistol grip on the rifle that's the uh, that's what they're at issue with. So Juggerna- Juggernaut's website acknowledges that Juggernaut is trying to effectively rewrite the applicable regulatory definition to make its featureless rifle fall outside the definition of an assault weapon, Lopez wrote. Uh, Juggernaut's website makes clear that the justification for the legality of its featureless series rifles is based on regulatory definition that Juggernaut wishes existed, as opposed to the one that currently exists in law. Uh, So you can get into the weeds when you get into the technicality of all this stuff. um, But The dispute, it says on the Bearing Arms website, which I'm reading from, the dispute is over whether or not the grip on the Juggernaut Tacticals featureless series are placed in a way that it technically does not meet the legislative language that define assault weapons through its features. Um, So Juggernaut explains it on their website. But the point is, it's basically taking a page out of Maura Healy's book where um, you can write law as an AG based on the fact that, um, you know, you're you're heavily relying on regulations that are ill-defined and written by people that don't have an understanding of how firearms work. And then when they have to implement them, they basically fall on the fact that, hey, wait a minute, you're just taking the same gun and making it compliant to the the letter of the law. It's like, yes, that's right. Because we're still gonna continue in business, you're not gonna put us out of business for a legal commerce that is uh an enumerated right in our bill of rights so so that's you know <laughs> that's the way it works in this world you you if you're in business dealing in legal commerce in the business of selling guns and ammunition and whatnot in an area that's protected by an enumerated right. You shouldn't have to change your manufacturing process again and again whenever somebody thinks up a way to ban your product.
1: Oh my. Uh,
0: the, The other side of the coin is when they propose new legislation that violates a company's possible revenue stream like Smith & Wesson, That's why Tennessee is rolling out the red carpet for Smith & Wesson, and they're saying bye-bye to the state of Massachusetts. We're going to lose a lot, probably upwards of almost 2,000 hourly employees in the state of Massachusetts and in an area that can ill afford to lose them. All right, we're headed out on break, but you should head over to capegunworks.com and use a very special discount code for our radio listeners, CGWMA. And we will be right back. You'll get a special percentage off. I'm Toby Leary.
3: This is the Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong and Voltec lithium ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash
0: If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today.
2: Hello,
4: this is attorney Keith G. Langer, not just a gun rights lawyer but a fellow gun owner at home on the range as well as in court. I can help you obtain or regain your firearms license, recover or transfer your firearms and defend you against firearms or other criminal charges. I can also help protect your property with will sets including trusts, healthcare proxies and powers of attorney zoning, or other permitting issues, as well as collections and civil litigation. To schedule a consultation, call 508-384-8692. That's 508-384-8692. Or visit my website, kglangerlaw.com. Talk to you soon. All
0: right. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. And at this time, we are Happy to be joined by Attorney Keith Langer, who is the guy that you want on your side should you need him. We hope you never do, but I hope you're doing well, Keith. How are you today?
4: Oh, hanging in. How are things down on the Cape?
0: They are. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's warmed up to a balmy 38 degrees, so we're we're happy for that because it was chilly this morning. But um.
4: yeah, I'm waiting till tomorrow to stack the wood.
0: <laughs> uh, so. I have a question for you, you know, on the Grace Curley show um, yesterday when we were doing that, uh, someone popped up on our chat and was asking, he said, hey, I'm sitting in the line to pick up my daughter from school while carrying a gun. Am I in violation of the law right now? And I said, uh, I think you are. Um, but I said, I will find out from the expert. So um, fill us in on that. What is the legality of, you know, having a gun on school property, and what is the best methodology to deal with that?
4: Well, the question is, first and foremost, are you actually on school property? Have you pulled onto the school grounds, or are you in the public way in front of the school? Step one. Uh, Because the law only applies to being on
0: school grounds. Hmm. So how would you figure out if that is actually school grounds or a public way? I mean, are you saying that the... Kind of the, the circle where you drop off in front of the school is, is considered a public way?
4: If it's not on the street map, as a public way. It's not a public way. Okay. If you turn onto the school to get into the driveway, obviously you're on school property.
0: Got it. Yeah.
4: Just like any other driveway. So unless you're still on the public way in front of the school, you're on school property. And If you're on school property, you can't be carrying. Carrying is the operative word. Hmm. The statute prohibits carrying 269, Section 10, Paragraph J. However, don't expect the police, and certainly not the uh, school cops, if you're at college, to understand that distinction. Right. I had a client who was charged under that statute, even though the gun was locked in his console of his truck. Hmm. So he wasn't carrying it on school property at all. Uh, Right. If you are on school property, unless you've got permission from the uh, head of the school, then you've got a problem because you're in violation of the statute. If the gun is locked in your trunk or locked in a case, anything else that meets the transport requirements from Massachusetts law, then you're... Not in violation of statute.
0: Huh.
4: Interesting. Of course, the real issue is, why are they even finding out about it? That's always the the underlying issue. What have you done to attract attention? Right. And in some cases, it may be just some officious uh, school cop looking at the cars with a flashlight and seeing a case or a box of ammo on the floor of the car.
0: Right. Yeah, that was... um... You know, I just honestly didn't know the technicality of it if there was one because I took, you know, Chief Ron Glidden's class once upon a time on the, uh, the you know, legality of guns in Massachusetts and whatever as it pertains. And he wrote the commentary as it, you know, what all, most police departments use as their guide. Um, and during the class, he said... Uh, you know, oh, obviously if there's a gun on property, it's an automatic arrest and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, wait a minute. Doesn't the statute say on your person or on the body or as you're carrying, like, I forget the exact wording, but it says something like on it your says, body.
4: It says carries on the person.
0: Right, all right, there you go. Carries on the person. Yeah, so I said that in the class, and it was like I farted in church or something. Every cop swung his head and looked at me and was like, what is, who is this guy? And they're all looking at me and even... Uh Glidden looked at me with kind of a cocked head and said uh yes that's that is what the statute says but and it was a big but we all know you know how we how we deal with that like meaning like if the gun's locked in the trunk you're still going to get a free ride to the police department if they catch you with it. Yeah, we're
4: going to ignore the law and uh, enforce our hopophobic agenda.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So Another uh, employee of our shop went through the police academy and he said absolutely 100% they're told in the academy, gun on school property, that person gets a free ride to the police station. doesn't matter if it's locked in a case. doesn't matter if it's, you know, unloaded and taken apart, you know, or whatever. They just basically were saying if anyone is caught with a gun on school property, that's they're going to the police station. They'll let the court system sort it out. And... Uh, you know, I found that to be extremely dis, dis um uh, you know, disingenuous. Abusive. The word yeah. is abusive. Yeah, abusive. There you go. <laughs> um, so obviously, it's it it's a very difficult situation for somebody who's a parent and carries a gun um, on a regular basis to go home before they have to pick up their kids from school or drop them off, and and or you know unload it uh, or, you know, go back and forth to the house after pick up or drop off. And so but if they were to before they pull on a school property, unload the gun, put it in, say, one of those Hornady uh, travel safes, you know, uh, or the gun safe in a car or whatever and lock it in there while they go to pick up or drop off, they are technically legal or uh, able to do that under the letter of the law.
4: That complies with two sixty nine ten J. Again, if you get stopped for anything, like loitering too long in a no parking zone, or having a tail light out, or pulling out into traffic without using your directional, uh, anything that lets the cop find out you've got a gun, then you're going to have a different conversation.
0: Mm.
4: Yeah, because at that point you may not even be on the property right. anymore. But if they saw you come from the property, right? You know, so the case rolling on the floor of the car, a box of ammo, a backpack with a Ruger patch on it, mm. a decal on your car, anything to attract suspicion.
0: Mm. What about a Cape Gunworks sweatshirt?
4: Oh, well, that's a rest on sight. You know that.
0: Right? <laughs> you know what? It's always funny when I have like a parent-teacher meeting at the school or something or whatever and I'm, I'm walking into the school building realizing I have like a Nighthawk hat and a Cape ah! Gunwork and a Cape Gunworks shirt on. You know, I'm like, huh, I wonder if they're going to hold this against me, you know. (laughs) But whatever, you know, i got to be who I am. That's the way it is.
4: Well, the other thing is the scope of the statute. You would think that it would apply to no more than elementary and high schools. At most, public colleges, no. Mm. The language includes the grounds of any elementary or secondary school, college, or university. Nothing about public or private. Right. So if your kid's going to grad school at Northeastern, this statue still covers it.
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, it's actually kind of funny because my kids went to a private school that no longer exists, so I'm willing to tell the story. But uh, the <laughs> my son wanted to do a, a book report on... He had to do an oral report on... Uh, Somebody, And so he chose um, one of our founding fathers and and did a whole he made like a cannon out of cardboard and all this stuff. And he went and asked the headmaster of the school of the school if he could take a like a Civil War era sword to school for use in his presentation. And he said, yes, sure, that would be great. (laughs) So he had the. The big Civil War era sword on the side of him as he's given his oral report as, uh, you know, uh, I don't remember if it was Patrick Henry or one of them, but uh, it was pretty funny, actually. It's
4: and, not Patrick Henry, it was the Civil War. Oh, uh, yeah,
0: excuse me, Revolutionary War, I, I meant to say that, but um, no, you're right about that. But I forget who it was, I can't remember um, exactly, but anyway, it was a pretty funny uh you know, conversation with the school. And then I called and followed followed up just to make sure. Are you sure it's okay? Oh, yeah, no problem. But he made this big cardboard cannon. It was awesome. And uh, <laughs> and had his, you know, sword. But anyway, um, well, what do you think? I know we only have a minute here, but uh, what do you think about that uh, Remington settling with the Sandy Hook families?
4: Well, it's not a legal decision. Mm-hmm. It is a settlement. And the sum is basically what the insurance companies were on the hook for, plus what was left after Remington was vivisected and the body parts sold off here, there, and everywhere. Hmm. So- However, the the real issue is how the case came to be, because you know they're protected under federal law. right? Well, what the Connecticut judge did... To get around that was find that Remington's marketing, the specific type of marketing campaign, was somehow a violation of Connecticut consumer protection law. And that's what allowed the suit to go forward.
0: Mm. It was it's the, the ad specifically was the one basically consider your man card reissued if you buy this. Uh, Bushmaster rifle and I guess that flies in the face of you know all the latest wokeism that's out there like you know that's obviously too masculine I guess I don't know or I don't know how
4: there, that they were saying that it, it appealed to anti-social borderline psychopath types anyway so
0: unbelievable
4: it, it was a stretch because Connecticut was not going to let that go un
0: Punished. Right. Now, doesn't it paint a big target on their back for future too? Though, like um, anyone else who wants to basically say, "Oh, that was a big payday that came out of Remington," I want to get in on that gravy train.
4: Well, I see all the rantings and ravings to that effect. Oh, they're going to sue the farmers who made the grain that made the whiskey. No, no. Oh, they're going to sue car makers. Well. Depending on the car ad, you know, if you're selling Hellcats, maybe, maybe you might be liable. Back, back when they sold the Viper, maybe. Right. But it was the advertising campaign that was used as the hook. Uh, the bottom line is the mere fact that you sold a six-pack to somebody does not create liability. Selling a six-pack to a minor does. Selling a six-pack to somebody who's obviously drunk does. Yeah, there's, there's more to it than the simple sale under rational analysis.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't rational. Uh, that's that's the problem, and they just, like you said, had to pin the tail on the donkey. And you know, I don't know. I think it paints a target on the backs of the gun industry at the very least to say, hey, yeah, there's money to be had here. But you never know.
4: What th- what it does is it provides a charade for a basis against other manufacturers. And we've had these groups do it anyway because they're playing with other people's money. They're playing with money raised by mom's demand action and handgun control and George Soros. So they they've got free money to go after manufacturers that don't have pockets that deep, that don't have those sort of margins and these nuisance lawsuits can harass these manufacturers into non-existence, which is really the object of the exercise.
0: Amen to that. All right, thank you, Keith. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you next time. Uh, we're headed for a break, but before you go, you should head over to capegunworks.com and get that special discount code for our radio listeners, CGWMA. We'll be right back. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Hey, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. These days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself. At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearm certification classes. Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to CapeGunworks.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunworks, there has never been a better time to give us a shot. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Hope Fiery. Join us for the weekly show that is all about guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to CapeGunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire to get signed up. And don't forget to use the new discount code. All right, we're going to get right to your questions. I know it's been a long three segments here, and you guys want answers, man. You're ready to storm the studio with your pitchforks. And and uh, anyway, um, let's see. <laughs> Yeah, um, Jorge is wondering, if you get a green card, can you buy a seer? And that's a little bit of a complicated question, Jorge, and what he means is a, a green card. In Massachusetts, we have something called a green card, which is a machine gun license, and there's two requirements in order to get a machine gun license. One is you have to be a... Municipal police certified instructor, or a collector of firearms. So most people who get their green card to prove that they're a bona fide collector of firearms, they will get a Type Three FFL, which is the Curio and Relics license, and then they can show that they're a bona fide collector because they have the federal firearms license that is has been issued for the purpose of collecting. So. It's you know, just like an LTC at that point, once you've checked that box, um, the chief has to sign off and approve it. You gotta pay a hundred dollar fee, and then you can possess a machine gun. Uh if at that point can you buy a sear? Yes. At that point you can buy any class three or machine gun, let's put it that way, uh any machine gun in Massachusetts, as long as it is a registered pre eighty-six um machine gun. So it has to have been manufactured pre-May of eighty-six and registered um, and be fully transferable. So you're limited on your supply of what you can get. Um and I would say a fully transferable sear or a lightning link or a trigger bar for like an HK you're probably gonna push thirty or forty thousand dollars at this point um, they're very very expensive and hard to get so you could probably get an entire gun cheaper than just buying a sear you could probably get a m16 for probably twenty two to twenty five thousand dollars um, but yeah it's either way it's it's an expensive game to get into um, Matt was saying he saw an article today that had bold outlines that it wasn't Remington, but it was insurance companies that settled. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I'm sure that's what it was. It was a business decision. Um, And let's see. uh, Got a comment on my hat, my HK hat. If you are watching online, you can see the HK hat. There you go. Um, Let's see. Uh. And Vineyard says Remington had no alternative since the Supreme Court would not hear their appeal. Uh, I don't know if they had an alternative. They did have to defend, uh, which could have ultimately cost them more than $73 million. So you might be right. It was what's known in legal circles as a blivid. So you have a. Uh, five pounds of hot steaming you know what in a three pound sack and it's handed to you so you get it all over you if you hold it and you get it all over you if you drop it so uh, it's just the way it is it's a a. it's kind of a no-win situation Uh, what do I think about a PTR 91 I think they're wicked cool they're great guns for the money if you want a real HK 91 you're going to spend some money and PTR you can get them for about $1, 12 1300 bucks brand new and they're great shooters they're awesome and the big benefit is they're the pre-band mags are extremely abundant and we have a zillion of them in stock and guess what they're 20 bucks a piece so you can't get a pre-band mag any cheaper about anything anywhere so that's what i think about them i like the gun a lot they're heavy and they have a pretty harsh recoil but they run like a champ and uh you can put a red dot on them or a scope or whatever all right we're headed for break but remember go over to capegunworks.com and if you're adding stuff to your cart when you check out use a special discount code for radio listeners only so be sure to keep it all to yourself you don't want to share it with anybody cgwma we'll be right back
2: made in america since 1949 family owned and operated legendary performance this is hornady
0: federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations when you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion you need punch defensive ammunition from federal the leader in nickel plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition get federal punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at cape gunworks
2: snap safe Featuring a pry resistant 316th inch solid steel door, 2300 degree Fahrenheit one hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty.
0: SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281 603 0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. Rapid fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary, and listen to the weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. Rapid Fire, go to capegunworks.com and click on the Rapid Fire icon to get signed up whenever we go live. We want your voice to be heard, as it will be in this segment. We're getting right back into your questions, but I also want to welcome the listeners down in uh, Jacksonville, Florida, and in... Tucson, Arizona, two new markets we've expanded into. So I guess you could say we're nationwide. Go ahead and play that song. Oh, never no, do that. <laughs> So anyway, we're nationwide now. Rapid Fire has expanded, and we're really excited about it, and we're excited you're here with us. And so um, I'm sure there'll be more to come in the future. So before the break, we were taking questions, and um, let's get right back at it. Uh, Let's see here, we have a Twitter listener off the post is wondering if I can explain in a little detail about the different different red dot options out there, pros and cons for having one as both home defense and concealed carry, different sizes and MOA, etc. Alright, looking for a G43 MOS and a red dot. Great, not a problem at all bud, Uh, so basically... In a handgun, if you're looking at a red dot sight on a handgun, I was very resistant to it for years because I recognized the reason I carry a handgun is for um, to defend myself in the public space or at work or wherever I might find myself or even in the home um, and or defend a family member. And I realized that statistically the most likely thing to happen to me is I will have a single attacker from nine to 21 feet 95 percent of all defensive shootings fit that category single attacker nine to 21 feet if you cut it down to 15 feet it's 90 percent so still the overwhelming majority of people um, that attack do it between nine and 15 feet and with a little bit of training you are probably not using sights to accomplish that type of a defensive shooting. You're driving the gun out in in parallel with your line of sight in a kinesthetically aligned uh, with the target and firing a multiple shot string of fire to the high center chest. That's what ends the threat. And, you know, quick, quickest and in the most, the widest set of possible circumstances. So because of that, I don't really need a red dot on my on my pistol. However, there's something called the plausibility principle where if that's most likely to happen, what happens in that 2.5 to 3% of shootings that take place outside of 21 feet or the 2.5 3% that take place within 9 feet. So let's look at the first part of that, the beyond 21 feet. That's where a red dot sight could really have a huge and distinct advantage over iron sights. Number one, it's easy to pick up. Number two, it helps you at distance and for precision. So within that plausibility principle, it's also reasonable reasonable to say that I might need to shoot at a smaller target. Like if you think of a hostage situation, if somebody had one of your kids or a wife or a friend or a family member hostage and they're only showing like half of their face and they have a knife to the throat or something and you're in fear that they're going to be imminently killed, you know, iron sights in a, maybe even a low light condition would be hard to pick up and, you know, not as reliable in my opinion as a red dot sight. Or if somebody's looking at the shooting around a corner and you can only see part of their head or something like that. I'm just throwing out some situations. This is not all-encompassing and uh, shouldn't be honed in on it. There's so many different circumstances. They're literally limitless um, if you think about this. But red dots help at distance and for precision. So for that reason, it doesn't hinder me to put one on my gun other than cost. And if cost isn't a factor, because now most guns are uh, available as an option for a red dot sight for really a nominal fee, maybe twenty to fifty bucks more than the regular non-optic ready pistol, then it it kind of did away with the I need to send my slide out and spend three hundred bucks to get it milled for a four or five hundred dollar optic. Optics now are like between a hundred and eighty bucks and two hundred and fifty bucks for a good reliable optic. So. I would go with the two and a half, three, or, you know, MOA just so that you don't blot out the entire target at distance. And uh, some people like the six MOA if you're doing competitive shooting and need to acquire the dot really quick, which I can understand. But for defensive purposes, I'd probably want the smaller MOA so that, you know, at 21 to 30 feet, I'm not blotting out the entire target with the size of the dot. So hopefully that helps. And that's as it relates to red dot pistol, you know, in a pistol, um, on a, on a carbine or a defensive rifle, I, I highly recommend you get a red dot because the, you'll pick up that sight a whole lot quicker than irons, in a in a home situation. So anyway, hopefully that helps off the post. And that's one of the reasons I've recently started carrying a red dot on my pistol, uh, Vineyard says, ultimately, this will cost innocent people more money who use the same insurance companies used by firearms manufacturers. And you might be right. Um, I'm sure they're they're not going to just absorb that cost. They're going to pass the bill along to those who, uh, you know, use their product. So, uh, Jorge wants to know if I think our laws will be like California. I think they already are. Um, California has some stuff that they can have that we can't and we have some stuff that California can't and we're just trading uh gun control legislation so we like to outdo each other so it's a race to see who will be the strictest. Anyway guys I really appreciate you joining us on the first hour of the show. Remember the show goes on here online If you go to our website, capegunworks.com and click on the rapid fire icon, you can listen to the other hour for extra content. You'll see some videos. uh, You'll see some cool stuff and we'll get get to more of your questions on the other side. If you're just listening on the radio, we'll see you next week. And remember, freedom is always on the right side of history. I'm Toby Leary. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Alexander Hamilton said, Those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road Hyannis or capegunworks.com. the rapid fire your weekly show about all things guns freedom and second amendment i'm your host toby leary and this is the second hour we're glad you're with us and uh remember to join us every week go to capegunworks.com click on rapid fire we're also going to be building a page for uh, a landing page for the rapid fire website itself and um yeah we're really happy you're here so Remember to like uh, all of our sponsors as well. Vortex Optics has sponsored this hour of the uh, Rapid Fire Show. So go to all of our social media handles as well. Where Our handle is at Cape Gunworks. Go to YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Parler, Twitch, Daily Motion, Rumble, etc., etc., etc. Wherever you like to get your social media feed, we are probably there. But anyway, we're glad... We're glad you're here with us, and we're going to jump right in and get to your questions. I love interacting with the uh, people on the chat. So um, go ahead and queue up your questions for us. And uh, we haven't even got to like half of the stuff I was going to talk about. The ATF uh, Valentine's Day tweet Alec Baldwin is being sued by uh, the Hutchins family there for the uh, wrongful death. Wisconsin's magazine ban. Uh, we talked about the loaded or locked weapon in a car uh, with Keith Langer. We also have Quintes Brown, who was the Black Lives Matter guy who wanted to ban guns. He was in favor of gun control and made a threat on The View that, you know, if he doesn't see gun control moving in the right direction, then they're going to have all kinds of protests and unrest, et cetera, et cetera. And lo and behold, he goes in and shoots Mayor Greenling. Uh, Was it Mayor Greenleaf or Greenberg or something like that? And it's unbelievable uh, that he, you know, went on national TV basically to uh, advocate pro-gun control. And he was also a candidate for mayor. And then he went in and shot Mayor Greenberg. Uh, fortunately, he survived. He was just grazed by the bullet, but there was a lot of people in there, and I guess his staff acted pretty quickly. Uh, but he was, you know, emerging as a, a black student gun reform leader, and then I guess he went missing for a little while, and then he reemerged as a potential mass shooter or attempted murderer of uh, mayor candidate uh, Craig Greenberg. It was just unbelievable. I guess that's one way to uh, run for mayor, right? Shoot the guy running against you. I don't know. I mean, it's just crazy insanity. But, you know, that's what we're looking at these days is people feel like you shouldn't have a gun, but they should still have access. And I don't know if he was a career criminal or had any type of criminal prior record, but maybe he sees what's going on out there and... Uh, in the world and realizes there's very little interest in prosecuting those who are most likely to commit crime, i.e. the criminal. And so he wasn't too worried about being prosecuted. But I digress. Let's get to your questions and um, we'll, we'll take it from there. Um For Biden to call these weapons of war is not only not true, it's an absolute lie. These are not the same as what the military issues. I would agree with you 100%. Um, You hear it a lot on, you know, media reports about weapons of war on the streets. And, you know, it's just ridiculous. Even when Maura Healy had her edict on 7-2016, She stood shoulder to shoulder with the Boston uh, police chief who said this is going to make our community safer, that we're not going to have these guns on the street. And then in like the same conversation, he says, "Ah, we don't really take AR-15s off the streets of Boston anyway, but this will make us safer. And it's like, well, number one, um, that's a solution in search of a problem. Number two. AR-15 is not a weapon of war because we would never send our soldiers to battle with AR-15s. And number three, the part that nobody wants to talk about is I do believe we should have access to weapons of war. What? Are you crazy, Toby? Have you completely lost it? No, I have not completely lost it. What do you think the founders intended for the Second Amendment? The founders intended on giving the citizenry access to the same guns that the government has to keep tyranny in check. And this has almost become a mockery at this point. And you saw it when candidate Biden was saying how because we, the citizens, the unwashed masses, the peasantry out there, don't have F-15s and tanks and nukes, then we can't overthrow the government. So I think it was even uh, Eric Swalwell said something similar. Like, you need nuclear weapons and F-15s to go after the government these days so your your AR-15 isn't going to cut it. So which is it? Is the AR-15 a weapon of war that you're nervous about? Or... Is it that it's not going to cut it against our missiles and our nuclear weapons and our F-15s, which is a veiled threat against the civilians of the country without overtly saying it? That's what he's implying is he's threatening us with (laughs) nuclear weapons and F-15s because we can't, you know, overthrow the government with our AR-15. So, uh, yeah, Whatever. I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable. It's the it's a smugness amongst politicians. Like, well, you shouldn't have this gun because it's a weapon of war. And then, out of the same time, they're saying you don't have a nuclear bomb or a uh, F-15, so therefore, you're never gonna overthrow us because <laughs> we are the elite. You know, we're the politician. We're the you know, elite ruling class where the gentry and you peasants get back on the farm and hoe the ground and, you know, till the soil for us so we could eat in luxury, you peasant. That's the whole, uh, you know, in my opinion, that's the sentiment behind those statements. Anyway, um, let's see. Uh, P.S. thinks we need more gun control. Uh, I would have to disagree with you there. Let's follow his whole train of thought. He says they should pass universal background checks. I disagree with that. Um, And he says that when they pass universal background checks, uh, then they can repeal the NFA and 86 Protection Act and the 89 Importation Ban and then hold the ATF and FBI responsible when someone commits a crime with a gun. I have a feeling you're talking all tongue-in-cheek. And he says, because the ATF and FBI approved the background check and the transfer. Um, I would have to agree, uh, disagree that we need any new gun control legislation whatsoever. And the fact of the matter is they don't enforce the gun control legislation that's on the books uh, and throw the book at the people who are most likely to commit crime with a gun, which is the career criminals. 94% of all violent crime is committed by a repeat offender. I just read an article the other day about, um, yesterday, about uh, a kid who was released in Chicago on bail who has two prior gun felonies. He's 16 years old. And the day he was released, he shot and killed another guy when he, you know, had a carjacking. In broad daylight and obviously it was a targeted because he knew who it was he stood over the body and emptied the gun into it nice good job uh, people of Chicago for electing the people who are soft on crime and want to perpetuate gun violence in your city so oh man if you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license we have regularly scheduled LTC classes including ladies only classes and couples classes sign up at capegunworks.com don't forget about that discount code cgwma all right we'll be right back you're listening to rapid fire
1: if you crave versatility in a tactical reticle the new arbdc3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field A 1 MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16 MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper-ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets out to 600 yards, while the Bullet Drop Compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target out to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mph winds. The AR-BDC3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt
0: with the ARBDC3. Hey, Toby Leary here from Cape Gunworks, excited about the change in season. One thing that hasn't changed is the commitment to our customers. Come in, meet our friendly staff, take a class, and get your gun license. We have a 15-lane indoor range, a huge pro shop with tons of guns, ammo, archery, and accessories. Shop at capegunworks.com or tune in to Rapid Fire, our talk show about all things guns, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. Go to capegunworks.com and give us a shot. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. We're in the second hour, and we're glad you're here. This is the only radio show around that's all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And sometimes we talk about stuff that we like that fits those four categories, and one of those things is old guns, old cool guns. And we have the old soul in the studio, Russ, who is our old gun guy. How you doing, Russ? Doing fine. Thanks for having me on again, Toby. No problem. At least, oh, he even wore the old man's sweater. So if you're watching online, you'll see, you know, Russell is like, I don't know, what are you, you're not 30 yet, are you?
5: No, I'm only 24.
0: <laughs> 24 years old. But, you know, deep down inside, he is smoking a pipe and listening to like some old Dixie music while he shines up his old... 1894 ah! lever action. Am I right? Do yeah. I pretty much have you nailed? To- pretty, yeah.
5: <laughs> pretty much. I even have a rocking
0: chair in my room. <laughs> so there you go. He's uh, he's a born out of, you know, in the wrong generation, obviously. I used to think of myself that way, too. I always envisioned myself as some, like, Western cowboy. I'm like a frustrated cowboy where, like, <laughs> I always... I, I've never even ridden a horse for real, like other than a pony, like ride around the ring or something. So I'm like, uh, I consider myself a frustrated cowboy. I was thinking I'd be perfectly well suited, like you know, rustling cattle up and riding and shooting my six shooter and all that stuff. And but anyway, you you have taken a liking to these old wooden blued steel guns, and we have a little segment on our show called on our website and YouTube channel called This Old Gun, right? That's it. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
5: Well, the idea was kind of pondered throughout, you know, me kind of walking around, and I kind of took on appraising here at the store because I'd worked at another gun store and kind of learned we had a ton of old guns coming in because we worked on a lot of estate sales. Before I left, we took on a huge estate sale with, like, two big vaults worth of, uh, worth of guns that were from the revolutionary era up into the present day. So that's where I ended up getting a lot of my knowledge. And so when I came here, people would ended up slowly bringing me over to be like, Hey, this guy's got this old gun here. Do you know anything about it? I'm like, Oh yeah, this is such and such. And you know, it's value would be around this and eventually it's like, okay, if anyone needs to know anything about old guns, Russell's
0: around (laughs) nice. Um, I got someone commenting, stop giving Russell a hard time with, you know, uh, and I'm not I'm I say it with the utmost respect. I value your opinion on this kind of stuff. And I'm glad there's people like you that exist in this world, Russell. But so what's your favorite gun, old gun or, uh, you know, gun in general,
5: my favorite gun that I want to own or my my favorite gun that I do own or have owned?
0: Uh, Let's go with want to own first.
5: Uh, my dream gun, my ultimate dream gun, would either be a Thompson Model 1921 sub gun mm. with the Lyman rear sight and the Cuts front compensator, or if I could get myself a Colt Monitor machine rifle, that would be sick.
0: Mm. Well, I'm I'm right there with you on a Tommy gun. I'm I'm seriously considering, you know, getting one of those. Uh, but you know, I haven't pulled the trigger on something like that, but they are pretty cool and i have shot them and they're 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 awesome Ah! they're awesome but um anyway uh what what's your fascination with that is it the history of it
5: i've just i've always been into history Mm -hmm. and um i studied crime and justice in college so i studied a lot about crime back in the day in the dirty 30s and the 20s and The Depression era was the time to be a gangster, was the time to be a bank robber, and some of the weapons they used, because they really, really focused on the weapons they used and how they could get the advantage over the police. And they went out to different ranges or fields, and they would practice with their weapons, and they would learn how to use them. Like, Bonnie Parker didn't weigh much more than, like, 96 pounds, and she could carry and operate a BAR like a full-fledged marine <laughs> so it was. it's really interesting to learn about that stuff even more interesting to shoot those kinds of mm-hmm. things and I just history kind of turned into collecting for me and I'm mm-hmm. just always taking a liking to that stuff
0: yeah it's definitely a an interesting and expensive hobby to have no doubt about it and uh, you know I've, I, a bunch of my friends are collectors so I love going over to the to the house and you you can see them get all excited and giggly and pull it as they pull a new gun off the wall. And the new gun I use in air quotes because it's, you know, from 1918 or something like that. And, uh, but they tell you about the history of it, who owned it, who carried one, who, you know, ran one in world war two and, you know, the battle scars it has and who it was shipped to. And you can, Oh, and here's the, Histo- historical letter that accompanies it and whatnot so the nuance of collecting is virtually limitless i mean i i have friends that have collected 1911s for instance and they just wanted every 1911 ever made basically uh that alone is one seam of collecting that could you could do for the rest of your life some people collect 22s some people collect winchester rifles some people collect You know, whatever. Um, But it's always fascinating to see, like you said, the history of them. And if some of these guns could tell a story, it'd be pretty amazing, you know. So you've been doing these episodes of This Old Gun. What do you do on that episode, basically?
5: Well, um one thing I end up doing is I end up going out to the range and I actually get to shoot these things. Nice. Which is definitely my favorite part of of the episode. And then I actually go out to the classroom and I actually get to talk about it and actually talk about what I know about um, old guns and... uh, Sorry, Arlo wants to be a part of the show. He does. (laughs) He's taking a liking to me. (laughs) I'm going to get him. Go ahead. (laughs) And um, so yeah, I go on and I uh, take and I uh, get to explain some of the old guns and what I know about them, basically what you might be looking for when you're collecting one, and uh, sometimes what we have in the store. Like, we uh, did the Luger episode recently, mm. and that was actually my first episode where I featured my grandpa's sweater, which is super comfy in the store. I always wear it. It's <laughs> super warm. And a couple of Lugers have actually showed up, and people are calling me and emailing me about uh, Lugers. And so it's a learning experience for me, too, because Lugers were made... Starting a world war, um, pre World War One, and a couple of companies ended up making them, um, especially because one of the companies who owned, who uh, was producing the Luger, one of the owners was Jewish. So the Nazis came mm. and confiscated all of his equipment and sold it off to somebody else.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Crazy. Um, one of my favorite old guns that I've ever had and. You know, unfortunately with me, I always have a sob story because I always sell the cool guns that I own Mm -hmm. because I'm in the business of selling guns. People are like, why do you do that? And I'm like, if I get emotionally attached to every gun that crosses my threshold, I will be a very poor gun dealer because I won't sell anything. I love them all. I love guns, you know. And so like, uh, but I did have somebody actually give me, he's like, "Ah, I got this old gun. You want it? And I'm like, sure. And so I go over and pick it up, and I look, and it's in a holster and everything. And it's a 1911 Colt. Uh, and it was the first-year civilian model, so it was made in 1912. And they only made 1899, nice. I think, of those guns that first year. And it had the fire-blued parts on it. It was pretty cool, and it was serial number 511. Oh, my gosh. So it was a three-digit Colt, uh, 1911. and just pretty cool you know but the worst the saddest part of it was the condition it was in (laughs) it had about 10 percent of finish left on it but you could see like on the side of the trigger a couple of spots on the side of the hammer the old fire blue and maybe on like the takedown lever or something like that there was some fire blue left but it was basically a grayed out gun it was a and i shot it i took it to the range and shot it then my buddy mark who's you know the gun guru He he took it apart and goes, I can't believe you shot that gun. He's (laughs) like, you're lucky you're still alive because that thing is in terrible shape. I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, it's in ridiculously bad shape. So I'm like, oh, boy. Uh, But anyway, I sold it. So here we are. All right. So we talked about the gun that you dream about. What's your favorite gun that you own now?
5: Um, Well, it was originally my M1 Garand. Uh, it was a 1945 uncut operating rod, M1 Garand. And it had two slings with it. Um, I did sell that last week. Oh, boy. Yeah. So you took a page out of my book. I did, unfortunately. Selling your
0: favorite <laughs> gun.
5: Yep. So the gun that I own now that's my favorite gun would either be my scoped 1917 Enfield mm. or my, I actually use this as my home defense weapon. This is. Uh, I have a Winchester 1897 from 1906, and it eats anything
0: (laughs) now tell me how i'm not surprised that you use an 1897 12 gauge pump gun for your uh when when i first met russell he had an auto ordinance 1911 as his primary edc and i actually convinced him why that was a bad idea when we went out on the range but i'm not gonna convince you otherwise on the on the shotgun because if it's eating anything and it's working and it's running 12-gauge shotguns have been a great home defense weapon for a long time. So. Also, the fact that it slam fires. So <laughs> The cool factor, right? Yeah. The slam fire. Um, yeah, so what that means, for those of you who don't know, is basically you hold the trigger and you work the action of the gun, and it's going to fire every time you go forward with the pump. So, yeah, I had one that did that once upon a time as well, but it, it wasn't intentionally designed that way. <laughs> and uh, it was actually a kind of a dangerous thing feature for this gun but anyway uh i sold it <laughs> um so cool so you got some episodes coming up right what was the last episode we did um i think the last episode i did was the luger
5: p 8 all right but i've got a couple other real interesting guns coming up so stay tuned and
0: keep watching nice stay tuned so you want to check out the po8 the luger gun that russell reviewed on this old gun it's highly entertaining So you don't want to miss it. Thanks so much, Russell, for joining us. I appreciate it. And if you want to take a one-on-one lesson, come to Cape Gunworks. Go to capegunworks.com and forward slash privates and get signed up today. We have incredible instructors. And you can take a class on pistol, rifle, or shotgun. Or just try out some guns that you want to buy. Learn something new. Take a private lesson today. We'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary.
3: The VT10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The 2-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to 6 months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltechSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash
2: May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true.
0: Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281-603-0066. Text CGWMA to 281 603 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. Make sure you join us every week. You can go to Capegunworks.com. We don't want you to miss out and click on Rapid Fire and get signed up to be notified when we go live and record the show. Uh, I want to thank Russell from this old gun and from Cape Gunworks for joining us here on that last episode. He's a great uh, resource for us here at Cape Gunworks and good dude, good guy to talk to about guns. So Anyway, let's get back to some of your questions. Um, LARP is saying that loopholes are a myth. Something is either legal or illegal. And I would agree with that. Um, But I can understand, like, when you try to find a way around the original intent of the law, that's what they're referring to as a loophole. And you're kind of getting around what they are intending for the law to be illegal, but they just didn't think of everything because they don't understand the subject they're writing about. Um, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's what they consider a loophole. But I agree with you. It's legal or illegal. If it doesn't explicitly say it's illegal, then it's legal. So and frankly, I think all gun control is illegal if you want to get into legal definitions. But I digress. What can we realistically do to get rid of the insane gun laws in mass? Wait till it gets so bad that a revolution is inevitable? Um, No, I do not think that's what we should wait for. I think we should continue to fund groups like Firearms Policy Coalition, Second Amendment Organization, Gun Owners of America, uh, any other group, Gun uh, Gun Owners Action League here in Massachusetts, COM2A, Uh, And any other group that is putting lawyers in courtrooms in cities and towns that are restricting our civil rights. That's basically the way it should happen. I hate to say it, but the legal system is the most efficient path at this point for restoring gun rights. Uh, Hopefully they'll keep fighting the battle and we'll keep seeing landmark cases elevated all the way to the Supreme Court that they will have to take. I'm hoping that will be the case. Uh, But also there's been an influx of new gun owners in the last two years. Somewhere the estimates are between 10 and 20 million people. I think conservatively you could say it's 15 million. Uh, But for conversation purposes, those new gun owners might not have all been pro-gun advocates prior to them purchasing a gun. So hopefully they will start to think about how hard and difficult it was to purchase a gun in this state or elsewhere in a highly gun-controlled area and realize that the rhetoric from media is often very wrong, that it is not easier to rent a library book than it is to buy a gun, that it is not easier to buy a gun than to you know, fill in the blank, whatever other subject they say. Um, so they will start to hold the politicians accountable for what gun laws they have written as, and what infringements they have put on the 2A. The good news is even in this state, in Massachusetts, the last attorney general that ran on a gun control platform uh, Luther Scott Harshbarger was defeated in the governor race. And I'm hoping Maura Healy will also be defeated because of her mantra and hatred for the Second Amendment. That is a perfect example of guns for me and not for thee or, uh, you know, rules for me and not for thee or, you know, rules for thee and not for me, I should say. Uh, So it's it's. You know, a perfect example of the hypocrisy of government and wanting to, you know, restrict guns at all costs for those who need the most. So anyway, um, along those lines, uh, the Golden is wondering if Healy would lose her job as AG if she loses the governor race or does she just go back to the job without any change? I think she would lose it because the I believe it's up for reelection in 22 as well as um, governor race. So she's running for governor and that is she's vacating the spot of a G maybe Game over. maybe presumptuously because she thinks she's got the shoe in as all polling indicates that she's, you know, got a cult following in the state. And uh, but I will say that some of the candidates running for a G might be worse than her which is pretty hard to say, but uh, look into them and it's kind of scary. Let's see what, uh, yeah, people of mass need to vote in better politicians. I would agree 100% with that, LARP. And uh, let's see. uh, Do you need a five-round magazine to hunt or can it be a 20-round mag with five bullets in it? Um, I don't believe there's a magazine restriction for hunting. And I, I assume you mean like coyote hunting or something or uh, rabbit hunting or whatever. But there's certain restrictions on uh, capacity for like duck hunting, which you're limited federally to three rounds. And you got to have the gun limited to three rounds. So you can't have a gun that's capable of accepting five rounds. It has to be limited to three. So that might be... The only situation I can think of where capacity is limited.
2: Why? Um,
0: let's see. Is there a such thing as dated pre-ban AK mags? I have never seen a date on a pre-ban AK mag. So I don't believe so. Um, but you can pretty much tell f- from the manufacturer uh, that they are pre-ban. Um, there's millions of them out there. <laughs> and they come from Russia, China. Comm block countries like Romania and um, Serbia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's tons of different, um, you know, Yugoslavia, et cetera. Um, tons of different manufacture of these comm block magazines, and there's literally millions of them out there. So, it shouldn't be too hard to find an AK mag that's pre-ban. Um, Kevin says, make sure that everyone votes. Make sure it's not for Healy unless. More restrictions is what you're looking for. Abolish the ATF and repeal the NFA and gun control act and get our constitutional rights back. Couldn't agree with you more, Kevin. Uh, I agree. That would be the uh, best thing you could do. Uh, Let's see here. Um, So if you park on the street, you should be fine, right? I think he's referring to uh, the, the segment on having a gun in the car when you're picking up your children. That's what it sounds like. Um, So there you have it. Israel wants to know if there's any AR-9s with a fixed mag. And none that I can think of and none that I would want to buy. And I'm not sure it's necessary because um, I don't know of any AR-9 configurations that violate the assault weapons ban. Except maybe the Colt pattern, which, um, you know, I don't think they continued to make. Uh, There might be post-ban Colts. I'm sure there is. But, um, if it's any other type like direct blowback, uh, that takes Glock mags or any other type of mag, you, you should be fine. Um, cause it's not Eugene Stoner's design. Uh, so let's see. The AR9 is a dedicated AR9. You don't need a fixed mag. This is what PS is saying. He's kind of answering my questions for me. That's right. Um, so let's see, uh, what are the guns for sale on the main shelf at the shop that I posted on the Instagram? I don't know. Can you look that up, Professor Claw? I don't know what we recently posted, um, but I would assume—just throwing it out there—we had a bunch of HKs come in. I'm I'm hoping it's that, uh, but is it? That's the most recent one. So this is our modern sporting rifle rack. We have a Beretta CX4 Storm. We have the me L556. We have the Ruger PC Carbine. We have the new Smith & Wesson Bullpup Pump Shotgun, which is cool. We haven't had many of those yet. Uh, we have a AR9 by Just Right Carbine. Um, we have the Chris Vector. We have the DP-12. I have the HK MP522, the FN PS90, and to round it out, we just got a new batch of Robinson Armament XCRLs. So those are the ones that I think you mean on the main shelf. Um so those are some good modern sporting rifles we have and yeah, you should come check them out. Uh let's see, Kevin says God forbid some criminal doesn't feel like being law-abiding and no one can protect themselves because everyone left their guns at home or locked up. Laws are for protecting the criminal's rights. Sad. It is sad um, because criminals often don't go to prison for violating the law. They get out on bail only to commit more law, uh, more havoc and break more laws. Um, So the lawyers got their 33%. You're right about that. Um, And Lambeau says, uh, what... Could I share of the picture on the stream and talk about them? I think we just did that. Um, let's see. Can I sell a post-ban neutered AR in a private sale? Yes. 100% yes. Dealers cannot sell post-ban neutered ARs any longer. That's where the AJ, AG Healy uh, enforcement notice came from that was directed at dealers. And so she knows that if she went door to door to round up your AR-15 that you legally and lawfully possess and purchased, that she'd have a harder time than going after just the dealers from continuing to sell AR-15s. Uh it's a much smaller pool and a an overly regulated industry, so they could easily deny people um, you know, licenses, et cetera, and prosecute them. It's like shooting fish in a barrel compared to going door-to-door to round up the AR-15s that are in circulation out there. Uh, interestingly enough, she still reserves the right to go after you for violating the assault weapons ban when you purchased that legally and lawfully uh, compliant gun. So, go figure. I don't think she will, but that's the way it is. Um, let's see... Um, so, someone's saying that you can check the paperwork or the inside of the mag to be stamped with a date on an AK mag. Okay, cool. I didn't know they ever um, they ever dated the uh, AK mags. So, maybe they did, but I don't know. And Bob says that Biden gave the Taliban free ACOGs. He gave them a lot more than free ACOGs. He gave them uh, jets and helicopters and tanks and... Uh, All kinds of weapons of war. So uh, what are the guns behind me and how is my hunting trip? Uh, I have a Q um, Honey Badger behind me, which is a pretty cool gun. I like it a lot in 300 blackout. And um, my hunting trip was awesome. I also have the first SBR I ever built. If you go back to that other camera angle, you might be able to see it. The front on one, Uh, it's right up kind of behind my head. I'll move for a second. (laughs) There you go. You can see that that's a SBR that I built a long time ago. And then below that is my LaRue. I have a LaRue AR-15 that I love. And it's down there behind me. It doesn't have a good view of it. So there you go. And my hunting trip was successful. I shot a management deer. It's probably like 140 class whitetail that uh, i would have driven around for two days with the tailgate of my truck down had i shot it on cape cod but i digress i went to texas and they wanted out of the gene pool so go figure it's the first 10 pointer i've ever shot though never shot a 10 pointer before all right don't forget to check out date night every friday guys i know valentine's day was last week but you can still be romantic by bringing your date to the range romance on the range every friday and ladies' night on Thursdays. Or you can just try our range experience package where you can shoot any gun we have uh, or three guns we have and no gun license is required. More after this. We'll be right back. This is Rapid Fire. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281 603 0066 text cgwma to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from u.s law shield on self-defense insurance text cgwma to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from u.s law shield today hey it's toby from cape gunworks these days you need to be able to protect your family and yourself At Cape Gunworks, we have self-defense training and frequent firearm certification classes. Cape Gunworks has a modern indoor range and a huge pro shop so you can get properly equipped. Get your gun license and the training you need to keep you and your loved ones safe. Go to capegunworks.com to sign up for classes, shop online, or tune into Rapid Fire. Cape Gunworks, there has never been a better time to give us a shot. Back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, the Second Amendment, and self-defense. We want you guys to be safe out there. If you decide to carry a gun in the public space and out there in the real scary world, then get some training and learn the safe and efficient use of your firearm and practice with it often. Um, But we're glad you're here, and we're taking your questions right now on the feed So if you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, then you haven't signed up at CapeGunWorks.com to rapid fire and to be notified. So we're going to try and get as many questions in as we can here in the last couple segments. So stick with us. Um, John K. is asking if in mass he can build an 80% lower and does it have to be a fixed mag? Um, Yes, you would have to make that into a fixed magazine. If you're building a 80% lower and you want to be compliant with the Mora Healy edict, I would recommend it and uh, just go ahead and do that. If the edict ever changes or she's sued or you know the law's changed, it would be very easy to make it a non-fixed mag. So, But it has to or- originally be manufactured as a fixed mag. Do we have any muskets or printing presses for sale? Bob wants to know. And I pointed out that this was the assault weapon and Twitter of the colonial days. In 1776, the musket was an assault weapon and the printing press was uh, Twitter of the day. So there you have it. Um, Does a mass resident need a tax stamp to purchase a SCAR-17S? Absolutely not. Um, SCAR-17 is not a... NFA item so you only need tax stamps when it's federally regulated what that means for a rifle is it's either a short barreled rifle or a machine gun which you'd never be able to buy a SCAR-17 machine gun because it's they didn't make them prior to 86 and suppressors are regulated in free states where you can own them Uh, in this state you cannot own them Uh, but you you can also get a short-barreled shotgun those are a regulated item and that's another thing you need a tax stamp for also any other weapon or an aow is a tax stamp but it's only five dollars so you know you can see what meets the definition of any other weapon and it's a little cheaper to own those but to say our firearms are useless because the government can destroy us is the best argument for the second amendment that could ever be made I would agree with you there Uh, Vineyard, it's that they made the case for the Second Amendment when he was threatening us with nuclear weapons and F-15s, in my opinion. Uh, It's like how to make the argument for the Second Amendment without saying why we should have the Second Amendment. Um, Let's see. uh, How about the HK P-7 squeeze cocker? That is a phenomenal gun. I love that gun. I've had three of them, I hate to admit. And I own zero of them right now. <laughs> and every single one of them that I sold, I thought I made a killing on. And now I'm looking at them. I think the last one I sold for like 2500 bucks. And I'm like, man, I made a killing. I made like 300 bucks off this gun or whatever it was. And I thought I was rolling in the money. And now they're selling for like 5000 bucks online. But I love the P7M8s. I love the P7M13s. Uh, they're pretty cool. We even got a really neat, Uh, two-gun collection from a customer, Uh, the K3, I think it was, the P7 K3, which is convertible from 22 to 380. And it was wicked cool, wicked cool. But it ate up recoil springs. So we had to get them some extra recoil springs, but it was pretty neat. And that was like a legit, I think we sold it for 4,800 bucks, um, but it would sell for probably five or six grand now um and vineyard says he had a very special thompson 1928 overstamp and owned it for 20 years that's cool man i wish you still had it um pretty neat private archery lessons are back so check out the calendar on the schedule and book a one-on-one archery lesson with dylan our new archery guru who beat me in toby takes on the world if you haven't seen that video you gotta go to youtube and check it out but go to capegunworks.com and click on the class link to book a class with Russell and with uh, Dylan today. This is Rapid Fire. We'll be right back.
2: Made in America since 1949, family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady.
0: Federal delivers a knockout punch with the leading defensive ammo on the market. Federal punch hollow points are accurate and reliable in all defensive situations. When you need reliability designed to provide a balanced mix of effective penetration and expansion, you need punch defensive ammunition from Federal, the leader in nickel-plated brass ammo with a sealed primer to deliver reliable feeding and ignition. Get Federal punch defensive hollow point ammunition here at Cape Gunmark.
2: SnapSafe featuring a pry resistant 316th inch solid steel door, 2300 degree Fahrenheit one hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular
0: safe with welded safe security. If you're looking for legal protection, text CGWMA to 281 603 0066. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 for a special offer from U.S. Law Shield on self-defense insurance. Text CGWMA to 281-603-0066 to get a special offer from U.S. Law Shield today. All right. Welcome back to Rapid Fire your weekly show about all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. And we were taking your questions before the break, so let's jump right back at it. And uh, LARP is saying he hates common sense gun control. Gun control should be logical if necessary at all. I would agree with you. And that's something that's happening right now is the gun control crowd is co-opting a lot of industry terms and using it for their own nefarious reasons to further and perpetuate gun control. So, um, you know, to a shooter, the age old saying, gun control means using two hands or gun control means hitting my target, you know. Or uh, I think it was Ted Nugent that said, uh, gun control means if there's a gun around, I want to be in control of it. So, nice. <laughs> so, you know, the language is this moving target. And until we start to talk about responsible gun ownership instead of, you know, uh, law abiding gun owners, um, then, you know, the narrative is going to never shift in the right direction because they're going to always co-opt our own terms. So go figure. But that's a show for another day. Um, Chris is saying he has a Colt 1905. He'll bring in and show it to Russell. That's a good idea because Russell might be like. Really, in you know, interested in seeing that gun. That's just the man that he is. Um, and Bob says there's a good YouTube video of coyote hunting on Sandy Neck. That's good to know. I'll have to check that one out. Um, I love checking that stuff out. And Pippin says he loves the 1917 Enfield. He has an Eddie Stone model, and it's a great shooter. Yeah, some of those old, you know, U.S. rifles are just phenomenal shooters uh there's we've had several of the eddie stones come in and and uh the nice thing about the 1917s is they're pretty robust and they kind of replaced the 1903 which had some issues at a certain serial number date as to whether they're safe to shoot or not so for collecting purposes if you have too old of a 1903 you're really out of luck because you can't shoot it so no one really wants it the funny the funniest thing the irony of that is Most collectors don't shoot the guns they collect. So it's pretty funny that they won't touch the gun that they couldn't shoot potentially because it's not a shooter, um, but they'd never shoot the gun that they are willing to collect. So yeah, what the heck? I'm like, guns are made to be shot. Shoot the gun and uh, have fun with it. That's the way I feel. Um, And if somebody wants to buy it for collecting purposes, go for it. I know there's always that, like, certain mystique or attraction to being able to say this gun is unfired unfired and i don't know if that's even provable and number one number two i don't think it's true because it was fired at the factory at some point you know like test fired so and i don't think i'd want a gun that was unfired because i don't know if it's gonna blow up in my hand so i'm just kidding i don't think it'll blow up in my hand but there you go. Um, all right. Uh, yeah. And Lori, thank you for chiming in. She says, hoser. She's, that's her term of endearment for me. She considers me a hoser. And uh, that <laughs> funny story, that was uh, because I charged $40 for a gun transfer fee. 40 bucks. There you go. Yeah, Lori, maybe Lori, we should get Lori. I should call you out right now for Toby Takes on the World. Ooh. I'd really have some bragging rights if I beat Lori and Toby takes on the world. Uh <laughs> Yeah. And uh Keith's pointing out that Valentine's Day was two days ago, so it's not too late. That's right. You can be you can be the uh 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 you can be the um You can point out the obvious there uh, and be the man of the hour when you take your bride this Friday. Say, I know I didn't do anything for you on Valentine's Day, but the reason is they didn't have date night at Cape Gunworks, which that was a big miss. I don't know how we missed out on that. We should have done that. We did have a special deal for couples on the range that day, but we should have at least advertised date night is going to happen on Monday for Valentine's Day, but we it was a big swing and a miss i must admit but if you missed out on valentine's day you didn't get your bride or your girl or your guy or any your significant other um anything you can say it's because i ha- i was saving it for this special occasion so there you have that but um you never know so uh, lots going on out there in gun world. Uh, speaking of Valentine's Day, I don't know if you saw the, um, I saw. I don't know if you saw the uh, tweet by the ATF, which was actually let me pull it up. I got it right here. Valentine's Day can still be fun even if you broke up. Do you have information about a former or current partner involved in illegal gun activity? Let us know, and we will make sure it's a Valentine's Day to remember. Call eight 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 ATF tips or email ATF tips at ATF.gov. The best part of this tweet were the responses when they have <laughs> when they have Hunter Biden uh his picture right up there and say, like this guy and uh who you know obviously lied on his forty-four seventy-three to buy a gun and then had his uh, lover dispose of it in a oh my uh, trash can across the street from a school in a supermarket trash can. Unbelievable, um, and you know, unless your name is uh, your last name is Biden, I don't think you'll be treated as fairly uh, if you were to pull off a stunt like that and lie on your forty four seventy three, and then. Um, and then go on to dispose of a gun illegally, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it's just an absolute comedy of errors that no one was brought to justice over that. And that's why there's no uh, spirit or no uh, will to prosecute felons who own guns. Because it's not as uh, sexy as taking down a businessman or a a responsible gun owner who found themselves to have done something wrong trying to comply with the myriad of gun laws that are on the books that could potentially (laughs) affect them. So, yeah, somebody actually even posted a picture of the 4473 that he filled out and um, it has the NTN number on there and everything. So uh, it's interesting. He says he's not a former or current partner, but here's a tip regarding an illegal gun purchase named Robert Hunter Biden. Uh, It's got an actual picture of the um, of the 4473 with his proceed and his NTN number. So crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, But don't lie on that form, folks. And. If you are a prohibited person, you're a prohibited person. You're not going to be able to buy a gun. You're going to have to just focus on it. So, anyway. All right. Yeah, and someone pointed out that it was his brother's wife. And I I was trying to make sure this stayed a G-rated show, Bob, without pointing out the obvious. But, anyway, I want to thank you guys for tuning in for another quick and rapid fire show. It's always awesome to interact with you guys. The gun community out there is awesome. And uh, we're really happy you take the time out of your busy schedule. We don't take that for granted. But go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire to get signed up so you'll never miss an episode. And You can listen to our archives and listen to some of the cool shows that we've had some great guests on. And uh, keep up the good fight. Support your local community. Be a gun advocate. Put on the face of responsible gun ownership in your community. And together, Amer- as Americans, we can overcome anything, right? Freedom's on the right side of history always. And it's in the hearts and intents of man. All right, God bless everyone. We'll see you next time. Same bad time, same bad channel.